Are you fascinated by true crime stories? Then join me on the Casual Criminalist podcast, where we dive deep into some of the most intriguing criminal cases of our time. From the Oakland County child killer to the bizarre case of Paul Warner Powell, the man who sent himself to the electric chair, we're going to take you on a journey through the criminal minds and explore the toughest cases. Twice each week, we bring you a new story, such as the Lululemon murder and John Lennon Orr, the firefighter turned arsonist and murderer. If you're ready for a journey into the world of true crime, then subscribe now to The Casual Criminalist. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This hey. is Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And it's Sadie's night, and she told me you were probably going to get angry tonight. It's an anger night. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. It's really not good, you guys. Ugh. Tell us everything. I will. Everyone get your get your punching supplies. Get your, your man dummies. Set right? them up. Big time. Yeah. This is the terrible murder of Jordan Davis. Mm. So if you haven't already, please go watch the HBO documentary, Three and a Half Minutes, Ten Bullets, that covers this case. On November 23rd, 2012, in Jacksonville, Florida, 17-year-old Jordan Davis was out with three of his best friends, Leland Bruson, Tommy Storns, and Tevin Thompson. It was the day after Thanksgiving, and the young men were out of school on break for the holiday. It wasn't uncommon for the four to hang out together, seeing each other almost every day. This day was no exception. They decided to go to the mall. Not only was it Black Friday, maybe they could get in on the good sales, but they also thought maybe they could meet some girls there. Heck yeah. That's what girls are I know. One of the guys... Uh, one of the, the teens that was interviewed, he was like, yeah, I had to go home and change clothes before we went to yep. the mall because you don't know who you're going to meet. <laughs> it's like, so I'm, true. I'm just so glad there's, you know, kids are still going to the malls in 2012. The amount of ozone that we destroyed aquanetting our hair in preparation Ugh, for the mall. I can in smell the it. Late 80s and early 90s. Yes. Sorry, Gen Z. Sorry. <laughs> it's not huge corporations and like it's us manufacturing it was mall mall kids <laughs> yes <laughs> so jordan's girlfriend also worked at the mall so they stopped in so he could say hi after spending a few hours there they left at around 7 30 p.m the teens decided to stop at the gate petroleum gas station to buy gum and cigarettes tommy left his red suv running as he ran into the gas station leaving his friends in the car to listen to music while they waited. Eyewitnesses all agreed the music the friends were listening to was, quote, very loud, but otherwise the boys were keeping to themselves. Meanwhile, 45-year-old Michael Dunn, driving a black sedan, and his fiancée, Rhonda Rauer, pulled into a parking space alongside the passenger side of the SUV. Rhonda ran into the gas station to buy white wine and chips, while Dunn waited in the car. Before she got out of the car, Dunn told her, quote, I hate that thug music. Mm-hmm. I remember this case. Mm-hmm. Dunn would later disagree and say he called it rap crap. While waiting, Dunn, who is a middle-aged white man, said the loud music annoyed him, and he rolled down his window and asked the teens, who were all black, to turn it down, saying, quote, Can you turn the music down? I can't hear myself think. Tevin. If it's too loud, you're too old. That's what they should have said back. If it's too loud, like, you're too old. Move your car. There's so many. Yeah. Tevin, who was in the front passenger seat, did as he was asked. But when Jordan, who was the only one in the SUV with his window down, told his friend to turn it back up, saying, quote, fuck that, turn it back up, Tevin did. Mm-hmm. This started an argument between Jordan and Dunn, the two yelling back and forth. Witnesses said that Jordan swore at Dunn and called him a, quote, racially derogatory word, and Dunn was heard saying, quote, you're not going to talk to me that way. 
Dunn then pulled out a gun and started shooting at the SUV through his open window. What the absolute fuck? What? What? Like, entitlement? Even just to think that you can tell someone else to turn their music down when you're not in a movie theater or at work or someplace that people need to be polite and focused. You're going to be here for 15 fucking minutes at the absolute longest. Probably more like like four minutes. Mm-hmm. Just, ugh, just yep. leave them alone. Yep. You don't like the music? <sighs> don't park right next to the where the music's playing. Like so, there's just so yeah. much. Roll up your window. Move on with your life. By this time, the driver of the SUV, Tommy, was back in the car and started to back out to evade the gunshots. To get a better shot, Dunn opened his car door, got out, and continued firing at the SUV in a shooter stance. Oh my God. As the boys tried to duck for cover. Oh my god. Dunn ultimately shot his weapon ten times, hitting the SUV with every shot. It's just like, wah. I don't, there's just no words. No. Tommy drove a short distance to a nearby parking lot to get away from Dunn. He said Jordan was in the back seat gasping for air. Leland, who was sitting in the back next to Jordan, later testified that he could tell Jordan was in trouble. He was slumped over and couldn't breathe. Mm. Leland grabbed Jordan to help him sit up, but realized his hands were covered in blood and that his friend needed help urgently. They called 911 and Jordan was rushed to the hospital. Tragically, his wounds were too severe and he died shortly after his arrival. I just, why does it have to happen? Why? Why? Ugh. God. It's so crazy. That is just so senseless and insane. It's like the thing that I will never, ever be able to wrap my mind around for one second. I I mean, I can. It's not true. I totally can. Because I know a billion fucking dudes like that. You know, Mm -hmm. we grew up with them. They think Mm -hmm. that they own everything. They think that everything belongs to them and they get to do and say whatever they want. And it's so heinous. It's so disgusting. I'm sure you're like, ugh. Yeah. This is going to be the whole episode. Hard time, guys. Hard time. It's one of them. Like, I really haven't been this angry. I mean, we we write so many stories about terrible Mm -hmm. things, but this one just... It hits different, and it's yeah, like yeah. Uh, if you're you listening know. and you're conservative and you don't want to hear my opinions, probably I would say turn it off now because I can tell I'm gonna. Have or listen because you gotta listen. You gotta hear. You know, like if you're not gonna listen, maybe you'll listen to some two white girls. I don't know, but like hear it. You gotta hear it. We it's gotta just, protect each other. Just warning for opinions because here right. comes my opinions. I know. <laughs> I hear you. An autopsy would later show he had suffered multiple gunshot wounds. Jordan was shot through the right side of his torso. The bullet passed through his body on a sharp diagonal, going through his liver, lungs, and heart, eventually lodging near his left armpit. Mm. He was also shot through the groin. Mm. So Jordan Davis was born on February 16, 1995, to his parents, Lucy and Ron, in Atlanta, Georgia. They described Jordan as their miracle baby after Lucy suffered multiple miscarriages. I'm going to just cry through this whole everything. Yeah. So Great. This guy's going to be super fun. Opinions and then sobbing. Crying. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she suffered through multiple miscarriages and didn't think she would be able to have a baby. He was deeply cherished and loved by his parents who divorced in 1998 when Jordan was three. After the divorce, Jordan spent time traveling between Atlanta, where his mom lived, and Jacksonville, Florida, where his dad lived. His dad flew him to Florida every two weeks. He said he was determined to stay a huge part of his child's life. Wow. Before his murder, Jordan was a high school junior who was getting ready to start his first job at McDonald's. He was planning to save money to use to buy his first car. Jordan was described as having a, quote, million-dollar smile. He loved to listen to mostly rap music, but also loved James Brown and The Temptations. His parents said they thought they'd done everything they could to protect their child. He grew up in a well-off family, lived in suburbs that felt safe. He was a good kid with good friends, and it still wasn't enough to save him. 
Never did they think someone would gun him down at a gas station only five minutes from his house. So after shooting at the teens in the red SUV, Dunn waited a few seconds for his fiance to get back in the car, and then he drove away. Of course he did. Of course he did. What's he going to do? Like, just sit there and take it? Like, if you're Mm -hmm. that fucking entitled that you think you can shoot at a car full of kids, like, you don't, you think you can just drive away, Mm -hmm. just go home and wait for the consequences, you know? Yep. You're not going to help them. You're going to, ugh, 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 ugh. Gross. Yep. So Michael Imagine being his fiance. Well, I mean, you already know. If you're his fiance, you already know. You don't come out and, like, be shocked by his behavior. This is not the first time he's done something like this. No. But still, you're just in for some chips and some fucking yellowtail and you come out and... Mm -hmm. (sighs) So Michael Dunn and Rhonda Rauer had traveled to Jacksonville to attend the wedding of Dunn's son. (laughs) They arrived in Jacksonville Thursday evening, bringing their new puppy along and attended the wedding Friday afternoon. After enjoying the reception for a few hours, they left early to get back to their puppy. As they were heading to the hotel, they decided to stop at a gas station for more wine and snacks. Rhonda so was later just sorry. They just finished his son's wedding. Yes, you're supposed to be blissed out, pumped, happy, mm-hmm. lovey, love, love, love. But you, you should have like puffy eyes and like a migraine from crying from the toasts. Mm-hmm. He was instead he was homicidal. Yeah, he was probably drunk. Still. You should be mm-hmm. happy drunk unless you're a terrible <laughs> unless person. Unless you just don't get tons happy of drunk. God. Yeah. So Rhonda would later testify that they had both had four to five drinks at the wedding. No doubt Dunn was a bit tipsy and happy to start a fight with what he considered a handful of, quote, thugs. Mm-hmm. After murdering a 17-year-old boy, Dunn and Rhonda drove back to the hotel and ordered a pizza. Of course they did. Of course they did. Dunn never contacted police. The couple left the hotel Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. and returned home. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) Dunn was arrested a few hours later after an eyewitness gave Dunn's license plate to the police. Ugh, I just like him simultaneously holding my breath and my vomit and Mm -hmm. and just having chills. I know. So during his interrogation, Dunn acted like a man who owned the place. Mm-hmm. and tried to convince the investigators that he was the innocent victim and showed more love and concern for his new puppy than the teen he had killed. Mm-hmm. He said that during the argument over the music, Jordan Davis was very agitated and angry. According to Dunn, after the music was turned down, he had rolled his window back up and was minding his own business. But when the music became loud again, he thought he heard Jordan say something like, quote, kill him to his friends. Oh my god. So this he's saying he had his window up, Jordan still mm-hmm. had his window down, but the music was loud and he heard the kids say something about killing him. Mm-hmm. Dunn rolled his window back down and asked Jordan if he was talking about him. In response, Jordan leaned down and pulled out what he thought looked like a shotgun or a lead pipe. Dunn then told police that Jordan said to him, quote, you're dead, bitch, and then opened his door. Dunn said he was terrified for his life, so he reached into his glove compartment and retrieved his concealed weapon, which he had a permit for, and started shooting. Okay, I'm no physicist, but if somebody's already got their door open and a shotgun pointed at you, you don't have time to get your gun out and open fire. You are already Mm -hmm. dead. You know what I mean? Like, if that kid is that far in the process of trying to kill you, Mm -hmm. like, A, he would have shot something around you on or around you but b you don't have time to like process this get to your glove compartment open it Mm-mm. totally nope. cock the gun get, do whatever you need to do yeah 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 no yeah if that's really happening you you drive out of there you you back up yeah. you leave Ex- exactly right yes or you duck because you're or, yeah shot or at. whatever yeah you run because away or you a kid is, yeah yeah when the SUV started to drive away, Dunn said he was then scared for the teens might try to hurt Rhonda, who was still inside the gas station. So he exited his vehicle and continued to shoot. When authorities told Dunn there were never any weapons in the SUV, Dunn said they probably threw it out the window. 
In response, police said the SUV never made it further than a few hundred yards away, and no weapon was found anywhere near the scene. Dunn said he wasn't making it up, and he couldn't explain how the weapon magically disappeared. He also told police that he called his friend who was in law enforcement on the way back to the hotel to find out what he should do about the shooting. But when police questioned Rhonda, she said Dunn's friend had actually called him and Dunn never mentioned the shooting to him. (laughs) Rhonda was also adamant that Dunn never mentioned anything to her about Jordan having a weapon. Not the night of the shooting or the next day. At least she's being honest. Right? I know. It's incredible. That is incredible. Mm-hmm. And she's a super timid, like, shaky, mm. at least, you know, the footage that I saw of her at trial. Mm-hmm. Um, not somebody that you would expect to be able to stand up to her, mm-hmm. like, angry, violent fiance. She's probably happy to be rid of him. Yeah, very likely. Three days after killing Jordan Davis, Michael Dunn was arrested on three counts of attempted murder and one count of first degree murder. Good. Straight away, it was clear that Dunn's defense would be the, quote, stand your ground law, which passed in Florida in 2005. Mm-hmm. This law says, quote, people may use deadly force when they reasonably believe it to be necessary to defend against deadly force. Great bodily harm, kidnapping, rape, or in some jurisdictions, robbery or some other serious crimes. I feel like that's already a thing, though, right? Like, did did they really need to pass a whole ass other law? Because I feel like that's just self-defense already exists. Right. So the difference in Stand Your Ground is that people have no duty to retreat before using the deadly force. Oh, yeah. No, thank you very much. So that if, like, the George Zimmerman, Mm -hmm. Trayvon Martin, that was the big thing, like... George Zimmerman should have retreated and he didn't and but stand your ground. You can stand your ground. You can advance on them versus mm-hmm. you have no defending no, yourself and getting the fuck out. Right. Right. It's okay to shoot at people before you try to flee. That's what stand your ground law is. Great. Cool. Yeah, it's really great. So I love this weird aggression that we legislate. Mm-hmm. It's so comfortable to live mm-hmm. here sometimes. <laughs> why do we do it to each other i don't know so an interesting and horrifying side note a study found in the state of florida when the stand your ground law is used as a defense for someone who killed a black person they were found not guilty 73 percent of the time i don't think anybody is surprised by that statistic except for people who live in florida when it was used in the defense of someone who killed a white person, they were found not guilty only 59% of the time. Of course. Right? They are. Yeah. Of course. So this law was talked about widely in the infamous case of Trayvon Martin, who was killed by George Zimmerman. Zimmerman said he was afraid for his life, so he shot and killed 17-year-old Trayvon. Jordan's murder happened only nine months after Trayvon's and was surely fresh in Dunn's mind as he was trying to find a reason he killed an innocent teen. Yep. As Dunn sat in jail awaiting trial, his defense team was busy trying to paint Dunn as a good man whose crimes weren't racially motivated. But letters he allegedly wrote to family while in jail painted a different picture. Oh, tell me everything. (laughs) I like feel this in every cell of my body. I'm so mad yeah i was writing this uh while sitting next to ryan and i kept like stopping i mean like you won't believe this you won't but he was like you gotta move because you're never gonna get this written like, if you just <laughs> tell me about it but i was so mad i was so mad yep, yep. and sad and horrified yep. by this fucking asshole yep so in a letter to his grandmother dunn wrote quote The jail is full of blacks, and they all act like thugs. This may sound a bit radical, but if more people would arm themselves and kill these, I assume it says explicitive, but I assume it says fucking idiots, when they're threatening you, eventually they may take the hint and change their behavior. God. Is that just his grandmother? Yeah. This is allegedly. (laughs) I couldn't find. (laughs) Yeah. I found it was like a Huffington Post article, and I Mm -hmm. couldn't. I couldn't find the details of like how they got their hands on the letters, but it was right. it was also um, reported in one of the Jack like Jacksonville local news organizations. So somehow the news got mm-hmm. these letters. So I don't have proof that he wrote them for sure, but 
No, I'm assuming he like did, so. and I'm assuming that Mama is not the very nicest person mm-hmm. in the world either. But right, God, yes. I, people like him do are just so not bright when it comes to getting away with shit. Because well, they, when they, you live- to have that level of entitlement again, to like right. think that this is okay and you're going to get away with it, then mm-hmm. you just continue to think that you're going to get away with all this stuff, and you can do and say whatever you want into infinity, and. The United States judicial system is going to be on your side because you're a dumb white dude. Right. Well, and you're surrounded by racists and you're, mm-hmm. you know, the political beliefs are racist. And, and most of the time, just the majority of the time, you're right it. about that. Most of the time, you're right. You do get away with it. Mm-hmm. Nope. So in a different <sighs> letter, he wrote, quote, I'm really not prejudiced against race, but I have no use for certain cultures. This gangster rap, ghetto-talking, thug culture that certain segments of society flock to is intolerable. They espouse violence and disrespect towards women. The black community here in Jacksonville is in an uproar against me. The three other thugs that were in the car are telling stories to cover up their true colors. He also really let the liberal media have it by painting him as a bad guy. Quote, I'm not getting much in the way of sympathy from the press. They're a bunch of liberal bastards. They seem to have a lot of racial guilt, or at least the prosecutor's office does. The jail here is almost all black prisoners. You'd think Jacksonville was 90% black, judging by the makeup of the folks in jail here. My fear is that if I get... One black on my jury, it will be a mistrial, as I am convinced they will be racially biased. I don't even know what to do with, like, what is that? What is that, like, the way that people like him have learned how to talk about things like this? That's just this, like, wild, hypocritical wonderland (laughs) what is it where did it come from i mean fox news clearly but where else like and how do you just live in this world has your brain like not know to tell you to stop doing that it's so weird i know it's like generations of racism and bigotry and misogyny and it's like, well, it's like, I mean, for real, though, does your brain just hear one of those things that, you know, he says that like the statistic, those misnomers, like, mm-hmm. you know, well, there's 90% of black men in prison. So there must be 90% of bad black guys, you know, just mm-hmm. dumb. So you hear that and then your brain's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to hold on to that and then continue mm-hmm. to use that. And then the well, other half of your, your brain. Narrative. Right. But the other half of your brain never says, but you just literally gone down to 14 you know mm-hmm. like how does that happen I don't know. it makes me sick i don't know we need to like have a, a brain rally and just get all the brains <laughs> together <laughs> and just have a serious conversation have a come to jesus with the brains of america mm-hmm. be like why are you letting them get away with this this doesn't make any sense Right. What is what do you, what's your how critical do you, thinking? Yes. How, how do you benefit from this as a brain? Like I understand mm-hmm. as a person, a whole body living out in the world with consciousness and a bunch of other senses working together, but as a brain, you need to do better. Right? You're the <laughs> right. most complex, like miraculous thing on this planet. And that's the shit you're putting together up there? Mm-hmm. Like you got a lot of other tools in your toolbox that you are not using and that you should be ashamed as a brain. Totally. As a person, fine, I get it. People are just fallible and complicated and stuff, but brains being shitty. Come on. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So a former neighbor of Dunn's told reporters that he was not surprised by Dunn's behavior. He described Dunn as arrogant and controlling, saying that Dunn's ex-wives told him that Dunn was violent and abusive toward them, although he never personally witnessed this. Mm-hmm. The neighbor also told reporters of a discussion he had where Dunn asked him if he knew anyone who would, quote, take care of someone mm-hmm. who infuriated him. Yep. Which was, it was an unrelated incident. He believed Dunn was wanting to put a hit out on this person. Mm-hmm. Dunn's daughter defended her father, saying, quote, he's going to protect himself if he sees no other way than to bring out his gun, then that's what he's going to do. She described her dad as a, quote, good man. He's not a racist. He's very loving. 
uh, some pretty pretty convincing evidence that yeah. points Just to otherwise. So. <laughs> right. So Dunn's trial began in February of 2014. All three of Jordan's friends who were in the SUV that night took the stand. Tevin, who had been the one to turn the music down, talked about how he'd never ever heard a real gunshot until Dunn started shooting up them that night and how scared they were to get away. Mm -hmm. And these are their boys. They look like children on the stand. They're they're children. They are children. children. And it's, it's just, yeah, if I, it's so, so sad. So sad. During cross-examination, Dunn's attorney tried to make the teens look like, quote, thugs. Mm -hmm. He tried to get them to admit they had stashed a weapon as they fled the gas station, but all three boys stuck to their original story that they had been unarmed the night of Jordan's murder. And it's just, it's like the the defense attorney is also seems like a real garbage human. Um, These boys are traumatized and they witness their best friend get murdered and... Um, you know, they the defense attorney would ask questions like, "Well, didn't Jordan have a temper?" And they would be like, "Well, I mean, he had, he had a mouth on him. He would he was a good guy." And just like this wasn't yeah. teenagers are mouthy, period. Yeah. Yep, they're terrifying. Yeah. Like as a as an age, like ter- teenagers are are you know they don't care and they're gonna say what they think and that is the order of things that's how it should be yeah but think about how much better more perfect exemplary like think about our new supreme court justice hooray like the most qualified ever in the history of Mm -hmm. all supreme court justices can't smile can't frown can't Mm -mm. do anything like just has to be so 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 perfect so much more perfect because Mm -hmm. of the color of her skin let alone some kids who like fucking rap music like you know or otherwise just good kids being kids going to malls stopping at stores for cigs you know like Mm -hmm. and then their families having to live through that trauma like it just would shake your whole world straight to the damn core because it's like you're never safe nothing makes sense nothing's Mm -hmm. fair no and had it been a car full of white boys playing their blink 182 or whatever yep. like it wouldn't have been an issue he would no. he would have oh, like those guys and razzed them. Bottom a beer or something exactly like you kids i don't understand your music mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like yep gross and they would have all continued to Lived. live their lives yep so dunn's defense you did use the standard ground law as the reason behind dunn's actions and dunn took the stand in his own defense where he cried about his puppy and did his best to come off as the victim. Like just if you really should, you should really watch the documentary. I don't think I can. I am so disassociated right now. My Mm -hmm. emotions are far, far, far away from me because I can't. Yeah. My heart can't handle it. My soul cannot handle this shit anymore. No, he's really, he's up there and he looks just like you would expect him to look. And um, his defense lawyer is like, you know, tell us about your puppy. Well, his name is Charlie and he was like our baby and like, oh God. So he stood by his story that Jordan threatened to kill him and reached down to the floorboards and pulled up what looked like a shotgun. Dunn then said Jordan opened his car door and said, quote, this shit is going down now. Dunn was afraid Jordan was going to kill him. So he reached in his glove box, pulled out his gun and started shooting. Dunn said he experienced, quote, tunnel vision and had a hard time realizing what was happening around him. Once he realized the SUV was backing up away from him, he started to worry for Rhonda's life. So he got out of his car and continued to shoot. So he kept his story more or less. Right. Rhonda took the stand and stuck to her story that Dunn never once mentioned Jordan having a weapon. Dunn told her he shot at the boys because he was afraid for his life, but he never said he thought the teens were armed. And like we've already talked about, it, I, it is amazing that she stuck to that story, knowing that that was really sort of the linchpin in his case was whether yeah. or not he truly believed they were armed. Um, right. And had she been like, oh, yeah, that's he said that he he had a gun for sure. Yeah. Case closed. He would have gotten away with it. Totally, he would have totally gotten. Yep. 
Blah. Thank God for Rhonda. Mm-hmm. And I, you know it's because she wanted out of there because that guy sucks. Yeah, yeah they, the documentary does a lot of jail calls between the two. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, he's such a creepazoid. And she would be like, well, we should just talk. He'd be like, I just want to get home and make sweet love to you. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to la, 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 la. And she'd be like, mm-hmm. let's just, we should talk about that another time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. No, we'll talk about it. So prosecutors had an expert witness take the stand and show that the way the bullets entered the SUV and Jordan's body, that the SUV door had been closed, uh, and that Jordan had ducked down to try and protect himself from the gunfire. Mm -hmm. There was never any evidence that he had opened the door to approach Dunn in any way. No surprise. Nope. In closing arguments, Dunn's defense lawyer read the standard ground law to the jury while prosecutors reminded the jury that Jordan and his friends were not menacing thugs looking for someone to kill, but teens at the start of their life out on a Friday night. Dunn did not have to shoot those boys. He got angry. He got angry when Jordan didn't do as he said Mm -hmm. and had the audacity to talk back. So he decided to teach them a very deadly lesson. Yep. He decided to take his life. Yep. Yep. So during deliberations, Dunn said he felt very confident the jury would find him not guilty. He just couldn't fathom how anyone could put a guy like him in prison for the rest of his life. Yep. He was a good guy. Yep. On February 15th, 2014, after more than 30 hours of deliberation, the jury found Michael Dunn guilty on three counts of attempted murder. Unfortunately, they could not reach an agreement on the charge of first-degree murder. Mm-hmm. The judge declared a mistrial on that count, so just the one count. Right. Jordan's parents had mixed emotions about the verdict, glad that Dunn would be held responsible for some of the actions, but devastated it wasn't clear to the jury that Jordan was an innocent victim who didn't deserve to be killed that night. So Jordan's family was also dreading having to sit through another trial. Yep. The Florida State Attorney's Office released a statement right away saying that it would seek a retrial for this charge. Dunn's attorneys requested that the sentencing on the other three counts, what's four, the attempted murder counts that Dunn had already been convicted of be delayed until after Dunn's retrial. Mm-hmm. He faced a minimum mandatory sentence of 20 years for each count of attempted second degree murder and up to 15 years for firing into a vehicle. So he was already going away for a very long time. Yeah, totally. Almost two years since Jordan's murder, jury selection and Dunn's retrial began on September 22nd, 2014. Opening statements took place the next day. Both the prosecution and defense stuck to the same arguments as before, but this time in front of a new jury. The retrial lasted two weeks, and this time the jury only deliberated for less than six hours before finding Michael Dunn guilty of first-degree murder. Yeah! Yeah! Yes! Yes! <laughs> During the sentencing hearing, the judge talked about how complicated the stand-your-ground law was, and then told Dunn, quote, And while that debate about the law will continue, I'm sure we should remember there's nothing wrong with retreating or de-escalating the situation. Mr. Dunn, this tragedy could have and should have been avoided. Then he sentenced Dunn to life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 90 years for his other charges of attempted murder. Finally, a good feeling. Even though I have very complicated feelings about our judicial system, I am very happy to hear that in this case. Yes. Dunn will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Bye, bye, bye. Mm -hmm. All of Dunn's appeals, including one to the Supreme Court, have been denied. Good. Dunn continues to stand behind what he did that night and claims to be the victim. He said that the blame for that night and his consequent imprisonment lay squarely on the shoulders of a murdered 17-year-old unarmed black boy named Jordan Davis. Fuck that. After Jordan's murder, his mother, Lucy McBath, used her grief to help others. She joined Moms Demand Action for Gun Sense in America as a national spokeswoman. She attended a speech on gun violence at the White House given by President Barack Obama and testified in Senate committees about the Stand Your Ground Law. She joined the gun control advocacy group Mothers of the Movement, which was composed of black women whose children have been killed by gun violence. 
Six years after Jordan's murder, Lucy ran for Congress in Georgia's sixth congressional district, wow. which, <laughs> side note, it used to be held by Newt Gingrich. Wow! <laughs> no shit. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so she ran uh, in 2018. Uh, her platform included the reform of gun laws. She defeated the Republican incumbent, Karen Handel, mm-hmm. winning 50.5% of the votes. Wow. In 2020, she defeated Handel once again in a rematch to win re-election to a second term. <laughs> Good for her. It's <laughs> amazing. Wow. She will never stop fighting for justice, not only for Jordan, but for the countless other black boys and men that are needlessly murdered because of the color of their skin. Ugh, here comes the emotions. I thought I, I could keep them out of here. This is Well, just sucky. buckle up. No! I know. I thought we were done. I thought we were We are, almost. Up. Almost. Jordan's Ooh. father... Jordan's father, Ron, said his life had been shattered by the loss of his son. Hmm. Quote, oof. Quote, I held my son in my arms at the hospital and kissed him for his last goodbye. You see, I gave him his first kiss when he came into this world, and I could never imagine giving him his last kiss. And that's the terrible, terrible murder of Jordan Davis. <laughs> Ugh, God. Ugh. I just, there's just nothing to say and everything to say at the same time. Just don't do that. Raise better people. Brains. Yeah. Brains of America. You can do better than this. You can solve math instead. You know, choose math over senseless violence, senseless gun violence. Why? Unleaded gasoline? Is that is that to blame brains? Like, what is this? Why? I know. I would like to believe that we're evolving into a kinder species. I think we are. I think Gen overall Z? we are. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's... <laughs> I mean, it's a very different world than the one I was born into. That's for freaking sure. But um, these people are always going to exist. I guess that's just karmic balance. It's gross, man. Karma? Yeah. Gross, dude. That's Seriously. all I have to say to you, karma. Sick. Cut yeah. it out. When I need I think you about... and the brains to get together <laughs> and do better. You know how, as a country, we're so young. Yep. And I just feel like we've got so much shit to figure out. Yeah. You know, the fact that the first black woman was just appointed to the Supreme Court, like that should have happened. <laughs> so, you know, uh-huh. it's just like, it, it, we got so yep. much to figure out and so much work to do. And, yep. you know. Yeah. I've had, I had a very interesting conversation with a Danish fella last weekend and, I was actually, it was a first generation Polish guy, a Danish guy who's lived in like Thailand, the Ukraine, London, Brooklyn. Uh, My Thai friend who's from Thailand. And so it was a very, lots of perspectives, but just talking about sort of the abandonment of other cultures when you come to the United States and how it's amazing Mm -hmm. that we all live here together. (laughs) Some, some people not by choice, but right you know, that we all live here together and that we have so much access to so many different types of people. But that culture is something that is, particularly for white people, where did it go? lacking. (laughs) Where did it go? You know, we don't have a whole lot of it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. very, very hard on souls. I think souls want some place to go. And when you don't give them a place to go, they create a place to go. And a lot of the time it's like a trauma response and not mm-hmm. a positive thing. And so right. I don't know what the answer is to that. You know, like being a gay person is awesome because gay culture fucking rules and we have each other and we have so much to share and so much mm-hmm. to like commiserate on. And it's wonderful. It's lovely. I can't imagine my life without it, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I have creative sure. community. Like I have lots of, as a white person, I have a fair amount of community. This community that we've built with the podcast is phenomenal. But mm-hmm. yeah. if you ask me what my culture was, I don't know what I'd say. Like <laughs> oversized shirts. I don't know. <laughs> you know like dancing yeah. and doing poppers. Like I don't do poppers, Seriously. but that's, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I thought I've said it. I think we've talked about it before here too. It's like, I wish that I wanted to go to church because that's where you get community and right. like you could build, like, I don't know if that would be considered culture, but you have something to identify as. And it's absolutely why, you know, white supremacy and you, it, they're building this hateful yeah. culture. Yeah. Right, um, but they have Can a place you... to be- to belong, and people who believe the same as they do, and precisely, um, right? Yeah, so the internet, it's... the dark web, HN, like those are all very seductive places for people who have nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Well, My heart just—it's broken for Jordan and, and too... his family, and I'm so so sorry. So unbelievably sorry. That but... sucks. Yeah. Our children are so precious, and to be able to say, like, I know you're like, that child isn't precious is just. Yeah. Oh, boy. And now, just any single human person saying that about another human person. Right. And yes. feeling like yes. this concept that we are better than, that we are, like, it's just so weird. It's very like capitalistic America to think that we can like dominate each other is bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like bosses, the idea of being a boss of someone at a job is so weird to me. <laughs> you know, I own a company and the second I took over the company, I was like, there's no bosses. There's no like, Wait. You, when you're done with your job, just go home. But I'm, <laughs> I'm the boss of you still, right? <laughs> Fuck that. But you know what I mean? It's so weird. Totally. And we're just no, like, it yes, is. It's terrible. You can boss me. You can tell me what to do and then give me money for it. That's so mm-hmm. weird. It's also weird. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's better than anybody else, period. You might be a little stronger, a little smarter, a little snappier dresser, but it doesn't give you domination over another person. That just You should just feel good about that within your Seriously. own self. Right. And leave everyone else out of it. They don't have. They, they don't have anything to do with that. Nope. Or the opposite, also. If you don't have anything. Right. You like, do you away from You are still precious. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> You're still, it's not your fault that society yes. set up these weird standards that you don't fit into, according to them. They're not true. It's all fake. To figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so um, sorry for that impossible transition time exactly luckily we don't have any names because we're front loading this episode because i'm out of town again next week so i've got like a couple but not enough necessarily to make a whole section out of it so you're gonna have to come back next week guys for the names but we do have shouty outies because well before we do that real quick i've been getting i got a couple uh gross food stories did we get any (laughs) comments i didn't feel like people commented but a friend of mine uh, from portland who used to be a midwife was saying that in the middle of the night i should have asked her uh, anyway she'll be fine with it the middle of the night birth she they had like a little midwife pantry for snacks Mm -hmm. and she had put some mango slices (laughs) mango slices in the a pantry to eat mm-hmm. and maybe they've been sitting there for a while and so she took one out and started chewing on it and it felt like it there was Mm-mm. like it was salted Mm-mm. and it was moth eggs oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and then so she put that away or threw it away and went and got a yogurt out of the fridge what the <laughs> a fuck? cup of yogurt and she started to eat it and it was moldy <laughs> what this woman needs to check her no. expiration dates. <laughs> well, no, you're in the, it's like 3 a.m. You're a midwife. You don't have time to look at your food before you eat it. Are you kidding? Have so somebody. She's, what? It was running this facility. She's no longer a midwife. I think that's what did her in. That would like, do me in, too. <laughs> it's too hard. I'm done. Uh, Another friend so. wrote that his mom was eating a bag of Doritos and got down to the bottom and it was kind of soggy and there was a dead mouse in it. Oh, I did not see that. <laughs> yep. I think it was Alan, actually, that said that. Oh, my God. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Chips, mouse. No. I think that stink no. bug is still the worst one. I'm just going to mm. say. If you didn't bite into a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Moth eggs yeah. is pretty bad, but stink bug, man, because that, it's a whole olfactory experience. Right. That is mouth, nose, teeth, tongue, all of it. Mm-hmm. All the senses are wrapped up into that one. Oh, God. <sighs> no. Everyone feels sorry so. for me. 
No, thank you. I do. My friend was also uh, appalled that I didn't know that if you liked cilantro or not. She thought that we should have had that conversation before. <laughs> that is fair, but I will say it shifted. I used to love it. I used to like eat it like a salad, and then one day it w- turned on me. And I like it chopped, m- finely minced. I like the flavor in guacamole or salsa, mm-hmm. but if I bite down on a chunk of it, it ruins my day. Yeah. When I just is... couldn't remember, like I knew you either loved it or hated it, but it's because mm-hmm. you have all, both. You've done both. Yeah. Yeah. So in so your it's defense, not a lack of. My interest in my sister's cilantro habits. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Sadie's, Sadie's got all that covered. That is yep. definitely something you should know about your closest friends and family. Because it's going to come up. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that's such an important thing. If people don't like it, to not include it. Or do and just tell them to go fuck themselves. People who like it's it don't choice. give a fuck. Listen, that turns you right into, like, that gives you, that is like a personality disorder. You look over your friends <laughs> prepping a lovely, like, Taco Tuesday, and they are just jamming handfuls of cilantro. They don't even pause. They could not even begin to comprehend because they're cilantro. so excited. They're so <laughs> excited about cilantro that they're like, I don't even care. I Because you That's either true. love it or you hate it. So... Yeah, you're like, you're on your own. It's a doggy dog mm-hmm. world. God, well, it makes everything taste so delicious. <laughs> and I remember that. Like, yeah. I remember how good it is. That And so I get it. But yeah, it just, mm-hmm. any kind of like politeness goes right out the window. You're just like, <laughs> rip, jam. You don't even chop it. You don't mince it. It's just jammed just, right off the bush. It's just on in. top of the... Yes, my wife, Laura Fosberg, <laughs> loves, loves it. Like, I prep yeah. her a bowl, a full bowl of, you know, like a side bowl of cilantro when I make tacos and things, because <laughs> that's what she wants. Yes, I'm with her. Yeah. Anyway. Let's do some shout em outums. Let's do it. If you guys yeah, want to join our Patreon, up. as little as $3 a month, you can get a bunch more of these episodes. Bunch yes. more. We have like a 90 something, 90 maybe. So many. We will, once we get our shit together, we send gifts every once yep. in a while. We yep. have parties, other fun stuff. Which we'll have another one yes. coming up as soon as I get back from Portland next week. Oh, yeah. We my life will get a lot people freaking, a party. Yes. My life will get a lot freaking less busy. It was just two months of deja hob hell. Yeah. So. Uh, and somebody said that they wanted to be a patron but didn't know what that was or how to get there. So yep. you can go to our website. You can go to Instagram, Facebook. Yep. Or you can message us, say, how do I get to Patreon? It's a yeah. website where we host extra content. You have to sign in and pay a monthly fee, and then you'll get bonus episodes. And when you sign up, there will be instructions on how to get those episodes into your the way you Feed. listen right yep. into your feed um and so yeah if you don't know what patreon is let us know and we will be happy to walk you through it yeah that was fair it's very confusing 100 percent. right it, and it is very confusing i personally mm-hmm. don't like the site at all but no, it's well, the site either. that you have to use so we yes. use it but yes thank you for bringing that up yep so if you have questions about how what where yep. when who about patreon let us know we want Absolutely. you over there. Um, okay. Thank you so much. This was somebody that we were going to fight about their names, but then I emailed them and I really did and they responded. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> thank you so much to Curl. Wait. Right? Like a like squirrel. squirrel. Cur- yeah. Curl. Okay. Curl. Thank you so much to Curl. Well, and when I saw that email, I was like, cur- Squirrel? So is it? Because it looks like it's Kirill. So I was like, Kirill? Kirill? Kirill. Kirill? I'm going to call you I'm going to call you Kirill because you're my little baby. What do you want to get Kirill. I call my pug Edie Gill. So obnoxious. Edie Gill. So you like my my Kirill squeal. That's you. That's you. Thank you so much to Ella C. Oh, come on in here with the Ella C. 
put that on the top of a names that i regret you not having daughters so that we could name them that Uh, and b is the one of the best names that is just the best Mm -hmm. name like ella you know what she's good she's gonna have this sort of like casual like french attitude in like as a sophomore in high school you know (laughs) totally ella rolls in with her like perfectly curated thrifted wardrobe (laughs) and her like really um like appropriately sassy attitude well and real and quick time out this is an important note yes ella's ella, ella is from london i mean duh of course she is right, right? but mm-hmm. she's like on uh exchange all the time you know like right. she's gone on exchange <laughs> a lot totally because every woman on exchange is named ella yes because that's what they do <laughs> but they're not you know like jerks about it they're just sort of they're ella <laughs> Yes. Everyone's like, get out oh, of the way. Make sure I'm to invite Ella. Ella shows up to the dinner party, and you're like, eyeballing what wine she brought because you want to remember <laughs> what it was so that you buy it next time because it's going to be the best wine, like affordable right. <laughs> but super chic. You know, totally. God, yeah. I want to go to Ella's house right now. Flat. Well, it's me. flat. It's a flat, and it's got floor to ceiling windows, and mm. you know, like again, a good combination of thrifted and like high design items. We all know this person. It smells like yes. bread in there. Like, oh, God, I love bread. That's what it smells like. Great. Thank you so much to Teresa S. Teresa's coming on down to it. And she's gonna make you through it. And she's gonna find a way to the top of the world today. (laughs) Because everybody's doing Teresa's what she's doing. (laughs) Teresa's Everybody's doing what Teresa's doing. (laughs) I thought you said everybody's doing Teresa. And I was like, yes. If she she only wants that. If she can sense. But that's cool. If she can sense. Everybody (laughs) wants to do Teresa. That is 100% a fact. So I think that Ella's roommate cat... Uh, also joined Patreon at the same time because we have a thank you <laughs> to Cat S, also from uh, London. Of course, Ella is roommates with Cat. Of course, she is, mm-hmm. and of course, she is because Cat is the only person who is cool enough to hang with Ella. Mm-hmm. And Ella, her whole life was like, I feel so alone in this world. And then she met Cat, and she was like, No. It couldn't be possible. It couldn't be true that I would find somebody who's as intriguing and intoxicating as I am, who has the perfect answer for everything, who quips. Like, only Kat and Ella quip. You know what I mean? Like, the rest yes. of us, like, open our mouth and our brains fall out. Not I Ellen mean, have you Kat. heard us? Yes. <laughs> they quip. Gosh. They banter. But not in, like, a you know, obnoxious way in a very stimulating way. God, I want to move in so bad. How do so we get roommate, to be roommates with them? I can, we can't because we're not good enough. We're not yeah. good enough. No. Thank you so much to A. Perry. A Perry? A Perry? Is that like a digestif? <laughs> like something you've had a beautiful meal and then you're so full, but you really, and you've had plenty of delicious cocktails, but you want just a little bit more. You know what you get? An A Perry. And you <laughs> sip it down and not too fast. You just got to sip it just right because it tastes so good and it just like rounds everything out just perfectly and it helps you digest and it makes you feel so happy and good and you're in a really nice restaurant if they serve an a perry and you look forward to the next time that you get to have one and it has its own menu and they bring it out in a tiny glass yes (laughs) (laughs) uh i saved not best for last because you all are amazing but i saved a special shout out for the very end of our shout outs yes a long time, like OG patron. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to our beloved Jonathan Brown 
for being here for so long. For so long, right from the beginning. Some mm-hmm. of you like eagled us out, found us, lasered. I think in we on us. even found him. I Did think we? we we followed him to be like get on our radar, get on his uh-huh. radar, and like one of those when we were fishing for yep. listeners because we had days. none of them. Yep. Yes, we lasered in on each other. Yeah, and he was like instantly our biggest supporter, our biggest love, our just kind of sweetest, openest heart, mm-hmm. just all full of like goodness and vulnerability and always comments on things. I don't know if you all understand how much it means when people comment on social media and send messages and stuff, because yeah. otherwise you're just talking into the vacuum. Right. So those of you who consistently, and this is Jonathan, who consistently like shows up Check and in. cheers us on. Mm-hmm. It's just so invaluable. And it's such a testament to the person that he is, which is an incredible human being who struggles and talks about it and feels so deeply about the world and other people mm-hmm. in it. And if the whole world was like a Jonathan, today's okay. story would not have happened. I will tell no. you that fucking oh my much. God. No. Yeah. yeah so thanks, Jonathan. Damn delight, so Jonathan. We love you endlessly. Yes. And if you've been around since the beginning and you need a new shout out, you just let us know. We oh, yeah, there was somebody that, that happened. Yes, we lost track of one. There was a comment and we have a bunch more to go. So if you're not hearing yours right now, don't worry. It's just because eventually we get hungry and we can't do shouty outies all night long. <laughs> but um, somebody, I saw a comment on Patreon and they said that we started to do theirs and then we got distracted and we didn't really finish it in the early days when our shouty addies were annoying. Please, who was that? I want to say your name I was Christina. Christine. Something like that. And we tried to find the comment and I, we just get a lot of comments. So it was hard to go yeah. back far enough to figure out where that was. So please yeah. reach out to us. Yes. Please send we us a message. Give us, we wanna, yes. Give we'll you a better. Uh, again. Yes. And in the meantime, you can come and find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, maybe I said that twice, at They Will Kill. <laughs> Go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Rate, review, subscribe, please. Yes, please. More sex gangs, more sex gangs. More se- max sex gangs, max sex gangs. <laughs> uh, thank you, AJ Bergens, for our music. Thank you so much. And remember... Um, I just remembered I was pulling past this U-Haul that I, uh, dealership that I used once and I had a very interesting experience there because it was like dead of damn winter near Lake Michigan, which is the coldest possible experience you can have on earth. And we couldn't get the lock open. It was like a letter lock. Like there was a combination lock with letters on it and they wouldn't really Mm -hmm. turn because it was frozen and we couldn't get into the (laughs) U-Haul. So got in touch with the owner of the place and he showed up and he clearly was like on his way to church or had left church to come meet us. And he was in this like really attractive suit and he was super dapper and stuff. And he, he left and Laura and I both heard him say, okay, I love you as he left. <laughs> and we were like, did he, he said, I love you. Right. And we're like, yes, we're both there to say, I love you, which is hilarious and adorable. But then I went under an overhang. I missed a turn, went into a parking lot of a restaurant, went under like their overhang, like the area where you would pull up at your car mm-hmm. to get out and go into the restaurant, ripped a big asshole on the top of this fucking U-Haul, ripped a big one <laughs> yes. right in it. So I looked, the, the end remember is, Sadie taught me this tip. If you use your credit card, most major credit cards, to rent a vehicle, that credit card will cover damage. So you don't really have to get protection. I always do because I'm super paranoid, but uh, I I didn't get the right protection, U-Haul. The standard protection does not cover roof damage. (laughs) So there's an answer number there. And number two, always use a, if you have a credit card, use it to rent a car. But he never filed a claim. He never did wow. anything. He just let it go. Yes. I'm wow. and I'm convinced it's because he was so embarrassed that he told us that he loved us. <laughs> 
that he could not show his face again. He didn't want to have anything to do with us ever again, uh, which is exactly so what I would do. I'd be like, no, it's yes. fine. I'll just I'll suck this up. It. It's just I'll pay the five thousand dollars out of whatever to get this roof fixed. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. So and remember to hope that uh, people use a major credit that... card. Oh, encourage oh, oh. people to tell you they love you <laughs> when you're so you could get out of awkward transacting situations. with cars, homes, boats, oh, any major God. transaction. Just hope and pray that they say I love you, so it becomes too awkward to follow up on damage in the future. Uh, and then also, don't get the standard protection at U-Haul. It does not cover roofs and. Whatever, tires, tires and roofs, not covered. The two things that get damaged constantly. Bingo. Mm-hmm. Bingo. And you have to scroll to get to the other. You think it's the only option. Mm-mm. Yeah. Tricky. Hey, but you know what? We love you guys. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. We don't just say that so that we can maybe avoid awkward situations in the future. <laughs> If you rip my roof off, I am t- I'm filing a claim. <laughs> well, I don't we care. know how much you love to sue people, so <laughs> you're getting deposed. <laughs> no, I would just pay the. No, I'm deposing you. I don't want your money. I want you to sit in a room with my attorney and, and answer, answer my questions, questions. <laughs> for hours. Hey, we're gonna talk to you later. Love you. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.